Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home. I'm so glad you're here joining us today in this conversation. But the good news is there is a part two, and that's going to happen tomorrow instead of waiting until next week. This is, if you've been around for a while, a repeated conversation you may have heard before, but I'm choosing to replay it because it is so, so good. There are times when I had to stop myself from saying, yes, yes, Jessica, you are absolutely right. (laughs) Preach it, sister. I had to stop myself because we were in alignment with the way that we view decorating, the way that we view our homes. And I hope that you are inspired to take action after listening to our conversation today and tomorrow. And if this conversation inspires you, I want to encourage you to register for my free live cozy home workshop happening on September 25th and 26th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. I'll be teaching you the foundation of creating a cohesive looking home and then adding the layer of cozy on top. So join us. And if you can't join us live, don't worry. Register anyway and I'll send you the replay. And some of you will get the goodies if you're there with me live. All right, you can register at bit.ly forward slash cozy home workshop. Enjoy today's show and tomorrow too. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. All right. Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, I when I got your email in my inbox, I listened to a few podcasts you were on and I was so stoked (laughs) to have the opportunity to talk to you because every time I heard what you were saying, I just kept thinking we are in such alignment with the mission of the people we're serving and the message we're trying to get across. So, um, so yay, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. And thanks for saying that. I, I keep telling myself and people I talk to that when a principle is correct, it's going to resonate across the board, not just for design or meal planning or finances or or self-care. It's like some principles are just true wherever we apply them. So thanks for saying that. Yeah, you're welcome. So why don't you start by introducing yourself and um, telling us a little bit about your story and how you got into interior design? Yes. Um, So first of all, I'm from Panama. It's a little country in Central America. And I was always that girl who was redecorating her room and rearranging her closet. So I guess that was my call. (laughs) And when I was 19, I moved to Canada and studied interior design. Um, It took a long time 
I got graduated, started doing interior design, did it for a couple of years in Canada. Then my young family, my husband and baby, we moved back to Panama and there um, I was very disappointed with the work and just having to deal with trades. I, it wasn't, I think I was also too young to go on my own and I thought I could do it all. Okay. So I was disappointed, left it aside and motivated by my dad, studied or did into, uh, real estate. And I did that for a few years. I think it gave me a really good perspective of what happens before we buy a home. And once back in Canada, then motivated by my husband, um, I started going doing interior design again. And I said, I say motivated by him because after years of being out of the field, out of not doing interior design, I had imposter syndrome. And I oh, thought, okay. I thought, you know, no, I, I've been away for too long. I don't have a message. I, I'm irrelevant. And I can say now that with confidence, but, you know, years ago, I would have never even admitted it. Right. <laughs> but I think the combination of the real estate and interior design has given me a really good perspective of what happens before we open, before we take possession of our home. Uh -huh. And then once that door is closed, what happens after? Right. That merge of experience uh, created in me, uh, let's call it a call, a mission to talk to first-time homeowners. And although I do serve anybody, anybody uh, even if it's a commercial project, but I feel drawn to first-time homeowners. I think uh, we've all been there, most of us. Um, and I understand what it feels like to owning a home and having those dreams same dreams of someone who has have bought a bigger home upgrading downgrading you know all of those but the first time homeowners are neglected and they they have the same dreams they don't have the budget most don't and they they put those dreams aside for sometimes a long long time mm -hmm. and they live in a home that literally because i'm using the words of clients a house that does not inspire them Mm -hmm. A home that looks just like blah, like yeah. neutral, you know, nothing on the walls. There's a lot of misconceptions and myths about all, you know, decorating our homes that gets in their mind and becomes their, their mindset. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. So I've made it my mission to encourage people to motivate them. Yes, you can. Yes. You, you have to be intentional. Right. And you have to stop dreaming and start acting, but we can. So that that is, in a nutshell, what I'm all about nowadays. Oh, I love it. And I'm going to circle back to a couple of things that you said. And one was that this, the idea of imposter syndrome, we're going to start there for a second, because sure. um, I'm not a trained designer um, like you are. I learned on my own. And as people started seeing what I could do, that's how I got my start. Um, but, you know, imagine that, like saying, taking up real estate here in this idea of like, no, I think I know what I'm talking about. Let me help you. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is real. It is. It is in whatever field. Yeah. In whatever field it is. Yeah. And yeah. If I can add one more thing to that, I, I like applying the principle in our homes as well. Sometimes we feel that we cannot do uh, we cannot choose furniture. We cannot choose wallpaper. You, it's amazing the amount of time 
got clients telling me I'm not good at decorating. Yes. I'm not good at this. So I call that a sort of imposter syndrome. Right. We believe that we cannot do something. And a lot of these women, most of them are women, will say, I'm really good choosing my wardrobe and my clothes, but I'm not good at choosing colors for my home. And I know they just need a few, you know, targets and points of departure, like I call right. them. So, so that imposter syndrome translates to the home as well. Yes, for sure. And I do think also, you know, especially now that we're in this day and age where we have so many visual fields to inspire us, which is yes. wonderful, like Pinterest and Instagram, and even the shows like on HGTV. Yes. And, you know, you talk about um, finding that client niche that is the first time home buyer. And mine is very similar. It's not a home buyer. It can even be a renter, but it's the idea of this is what I'm looking at, all these visual images, and I can't get there. So yes. how do we get there? And a lot of times it is yeah. these blockades like money or time, or my husband and I don't know how to mesh our style. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. It's those that keep them stuck. Oh, yes. And that's gonna... the right word to use, stuck. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, girl, we are on a mission to help them get unstuck. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But before, before we talk about that, um, what would you say to this idea of like why home even matters, why we should even invest in our home, not just monetarily, but, you know, with time, it takes a lot of time to invest in our home. What would you say to maybe someone who's a little skeptical in the first place? Oh boy. Um, I read this quote from Winston Churchill. It says, um, we shape our dwellings and afterwards our dwellings shape us. And I think, I think people are skeptical because decoration, interior design sounds very superfluous. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about colors. And although interior design is not just about the finishes, but let, let's just go to decorating. Sure. Um, you know, talking about choosing floors and colors and drapes and pillows, you know, it does sound very artificial, especially when you compare it to discussions like mindset and finances and emotional health. Yes, anybody was going to say, you know, what matters most? And, you know, if, if you just look at it from from the outside, anybody would say, of course, emotional health and finances and all this matter more than choosing colors and pillows. Absolutely. The thing is that those, that emotional health is also tied to our physical spaces. Right. And even our productivity, if we talk about finances, our productivity is tied to how organized um, our, our spaces can be. Are we productive enough to even start working? Yeah. Um, our health, our physical health, um, not just emotional, but if someone is, you know, um, has some kind of disabilities, it's the physical space that is going to help them thrive or be frustrated. Right. I would say to a skeptic, I would say, uh, are you more comfortable working on a particular chair than not? Are you... Do you feel more inclined to start working when your desk is free of clutter or maybe not? So those answers will probably be, yes, I am. I am more productive when my place is clean or my desk is free or when I have a comfortable chair or when my whole room 
inspires me. Yeah. And, and that all goes back to then, mm -hmm. the colors and the materials and what we hang in our walls. Right. Um, when I talk about these things, I, I want to make clear that none of it, none of it is tied to a price tag or to style. Mm -hmm. It goes deeply to what we, what inspires us and what brings us joy. And that could be as simple as family photos uh -huh. to a very complex, original, large oil painting. Right. There's no, um, there's not a one single answer for everyone. It's, it's, so that's why I think um, this all is rooted in self-awareness, yeah. a deep sense and search for, okay, what is wrong with my home, with my space, and what would make it support me better? Right. So that's right. what I would say to a skeptic. Yeah. I, I do believe that our emotions, our emotional health is they're strictly connected with our environment. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I say to my listeners, a, a couple things is, you know, I mean, we've been front row and center these last two years for what this world looks like outside of our doors. And it can be a scary place. It can be a frustrating place. It can be a place that beats us down rather than builds us up. Mm -hmm. And so when you come home, gosh, I would hope that you would want it to be a place that just recharges you and refuels you and makes you in inspired to do better for the world outside of those doors. And especially when you have those kiddos who are living in that home environment with you. I mean, they're watching everything, right? Mm -hmm. But I also tell... Yeah. But I also tell um, my clients too, that, you know, we are as home and homeowners or home dwellers, not even a homeowner, but we, this is our canvas and we are the authors and already our homes are saying something. So if we can be intentional about what we want it to say, mm -hmm. that's beauty. And, and just like you mentioned, it can be a photo, a framed photo, or it can be, you know, something magnificent on your travels. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have to cost a lot. That's the thing that I feel like I'm on auto repeat saying it doesn't have to cost a lot. Now yeah. our approach was we go out and we're going to buy the spring collection of whatever your decor, you know, uh, store place is, whatever that choice is. If our intention is to go out and buy that spring collection. Yeah. It would cost a lot. It would be unattainable, mm -hmm. completely unattainable. And it's the trick of teaching them and not convincing them, but teaching them that there are other ways to go about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, the Amen. Thing, then the, the thing with our homes, like everything you said, I, I want people to open that door and feel that their home is hugging them yes. and saying, welcome home. Yes. And a lot, a lot of people, they, they dread, dread coming home. They're like, oh. You know, and I have to do this. I open the door and there's shoes and bags everywhere right. and nothing inspires them. And it's, it just feels like a chore. And I know for a fact that when we make one small change, maybe, maybe call it that entrance wall, you then realize, you know, I really love this. And it, it, it just changes something inside us that makes yeah. us feel like I'm going to do one more wall. And when you least know it, You've done the whole room right. and then you start feeling, okay, yeah, I believe in this, this, this home can really welcome me. And if it speaks to your soul, if it if it inspires you, yes, it can be messy because let's face it, our homes 
even if they're designed and decorated by you know the most uh, coveted designer they're going to get disorganized and messy and you, they need to be clean yeah expensive furniture does not um, prevent us right <laughs> so but so it, when a home inspires you it will do so despite the mess that can be created by yourself or kiddos you know right. they it, because it's still it still has the colors on the walls that what you put up it still has that pretty candle the pretty pillow that you bought and it will recharge us so it, it's not superfluous at all but it's hard to send this message across yes. especially when there's so many misconceptions if yes. you think about it i'll just say this this last about this but the stores supermarkets they pay a lot of money for designers to come and create the right layout that will bring customers in and out and purchase and look at things restaurants nightclubs hotels they spend money in the lighting and the decoration because they want people to stay they right. want people to buy that's the science behind design so if it's happening in those realms and in, in the commercial space that needs to tell us something that's, ex that's exactly what needs to happen in our homes, in our micro spaces, right. where we are very much aware of the layout and what message we're sending across by simply arranging the furniture a different way or the colors that we're choosing. Are they making me feel like, oh, I want to go in my room and just relax? The organization strategies that we put into place, all these things need to happen for us to have a home that hugs us and it's our friend and supports us. Right, right, exactly. And that can be as simple as removing a lot of the excess, yes. right? Yes. I mean, I know one of the reasons I, you know, going back to why I might've become um, an interior decorator, like it started with childhood and my environment was cluttered and chaotic yeah. and I retreated a lot into my room. And as a mom who has three boys who are in all the things, and animals and all this stuff, I began really understanding that there is a visceral reaction to my physical space. When I'm standing in my dining room and I can see the library and the kitchen and the living room, and I can see all those places and there's stuff everywhere, it makes me feel something. Yeah. Yeah. And being aware of that feeling, whatever that is, um, is a really powerful thing. It's really it powerful. I like the word you use, being aware, mm -hmm. and it, it takes a lot of um, mindful um, or mindset work yeah. to understand what you just said. Okay, yeah. this is making me feel something or not. Yeah, yeah. It's a negative or it's a positive. It's a frustration or it's a relief. So what is it making me feel? And then going to a space of, okay, what? What is making me feel that? And how can I correct it or or increase it if it's a positive one? Right, right. And I, I just tell people over and over, keep asking yourself why. Kind of like that incessant toddler. Yes. <laughs> why, why, why? But really sitting with it and asking yourself, why does my home make me feel like this is very dramatic, but I want to drown. Like I'm drowning in my stuff. Why is that? Yeah. Well, maybe because I grew up with too much stuff in my space. Well, why? And keeping asking that why is really powerful. I love that. The sounds of summer are gone. 
There are no more kids running through the house half naked and dripping wet from the sprinklers. You're no longer stuck in the kitchen fixing snacks 10 minutes after you put lunch away. The house is a little bit more quiet and you have a little bit more time to yourself now that kiddos are back in school. And in that quiet, though you can take a phone call uninterrupted or make whatever it is you want for lunch, eat it at 10 if you want to or two, you've got a little more time to yourself and those walls are a little bit more quiet. And as you're looking at those walls now that the summertime sounds are gone, you might be noticing all of the things that were on your list that had to be put away for the summer. The walls that need to be painted, the rug that needs to be purchased, the chandelier that needs to be hung just right. How do you hang that gallery wall? And which color of pillow should you have? Those questions are coming to the forefront of your mind and I get it. So that's why I'm hosting a live two-day workshop where I teach you how to create a cozy, cohesive looking home on a budget. This two-day workshop is happening September 25th and 26th, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And I want you to join me so that you can learn the foundations for creating a cohesive, cozy looking home. But hey, I get it. If you can't join me live because you're rushing through the aisles of Trader Joe's, gleefully throwing in whatever it is you want into your cart, (laughs) no worries. Register for the workshop and I'll send you the replay so that you can learn how to create a home that you delight in, a home that is cozy and cohesive, a home that makes you smile ear to ear, room to room. You can register for the workshop by going to bit.ly forward slash cozy home workshop. I'll see you there. I also think that most people, and you probably agree with this, they want to go to the sexy part of of decorating a home, which is purchasing. Yes. Everybody wants to go there. What should I buy? What color should I paint my walls? Yes. But the, the, the most intense work which is not the sexy one, is what you just mentioned, that self-awareness. Right. But if you think about it, when you when you meet with your clients, that's where you first go to. That's where you first ask them, okay, you know, what what is what's this whole making you feel and why and what are the dynamics of your family and how do they use this room and do you have guests or not? Do you have a book club or do you are you you know a person that likes their private space because all those answers are going to direct your decisions or suggestions for them so i always tell um, my clients if this is a type of work that we do as decorators and designers with paid clients that's exactly what we as homeowners should be doing for ourselves and with ourselves right but but it again it's nobody everybody wants to skip that step yeah because it takes time. It, it, it's, yeah. it's a lot of uh, self-awareness, yeah. for sure. It does. Okay, so you mentioned a lot of things, a lot of things about mindset that mm. I think are critical. And one of the things that when I would mention to people, oh, this is what I do, this is what I do, I would oftentimes get a similar response. One is, oh, that's really fun, coupled with, this is not for me for a reason. And usually those are limiting beliefs that hold them back. And I am just curious. I have about 10 that are on auto repeat (laughs) for these people I talk with. And I'm just curious what you run into. What are some of the things we know finances for sure, but what are some of the things that hold people back? Do you think from really investing in their home financially? Yeah. I I think you mentioned finances. I call it the, the belief that beautiful homes are expensive. Yeah. 
so therefore I can't afford it. And that is very much a myth and a limiting belief. Another one is I have children, so I can't have the type yes. of home I want because I'll wait until my kids are out of the home. <laughs> that, that one I hear, and that one is the most sad to me. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back to that one in a second. Let's, okay. let's do what, that. What else do you hear? Another one is this is not my forever home. Mm-hmm. So it, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to I'm going to sell this home in five years or two. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it goes very much along with this is not my home, not just not my forever home, but not my home. I'm renting. Yeah. And, and I tell them, well, that could be very true. So you just have to be smart about what you bring in. But even if you're staying there a year, that's 365 days you wake up in that room right that's you know 50 plus weekends Sundays, fridays that you're you know inviting friends over so so the next belief that i found is when people tell me i'm not good at decorating yes therefore you know i I just won't do anything and you know and people i find that people will believe they're not good at decorating but they'll still try yeah but without certain guidance like i mentioned at the beginning you know I call it departure points and target design targets. So for those who don't know where to start, I think I find this really good. It's kind of a roadmap that tells me where to start and, and where to go. But for those who think I'm not good at decorating, then I would say just be intentional yeah. and plan accordingly. Another one that I hear a lot is not a lot, but I have heard it is it's just me there. This is just my crash pad. Um, so it really, it really doesn't matter. It's just, I'm not, I don't bring anyone home. I, I don't invite people over. So it just, it won't matter. And, and that's, that's a sad way of looking at things, but I, I feel those are the most common ones. It's just, is that, is those beliefs that prevent us from taking action. And, and I know that they're not facts or actual circumstances. It's just things that we've come to believe for ourselves and and that can be changed. Yeah, absolutely. One of the ones that popped up, I've heard all of the ones that you've mentioned, but one of the ones that pops up is um, my husband and I don't have the same style. So it's just not even worth trying. Have you you heard that? (laughs) Yes. And and I've actually had um, clients that I work with, they you know, the wife would come with a budget in mind and we work all the design strategies, how I call them. And then she will show it to the husband and the husband had something completely different. And I see husbands that are very much involved in the process and other ones that are like, you choose whatever you want and anything in between. But yes, that, that is something that needs to be addressed with a lot of uh, communication and compromises but I think it starts with good communication from the beginning if if they're both able to express their vision what's bothering them in their space right. <laughs> what they want to be, see change and they're both able to communicate that things start so much better because then I'm able we're able to guide them and make make those decisions even with the the finances if someone has one of them has an idea of spending x amount of dollars on the big tv and the wife wants it on the couch there are (laughs) ways of compromising but it starts with a good communication from the very beginning and not assuming that 
that I understood what my husband wanted or vice versa. Oh, I, I, I know exactly what he wants. It's just, it's, it's amazing how we are shaped by our upbringing. And a lot of the things that we tend to believe as normal, as you know, you know, this, this is the norm, this is just what should be, comes from how we grew up. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's from either a negative experience that you've managed to change or a positive experience that you want to replicate. But our bringing will determine a lot of things that we take for granted. And here comes somebody else who brings a completely different one. Somehow you need to merge the two and create your own. And that goes back to mindset too, because, you know, our upbringing, I mean, that's 18 years ish or so that we're living in that, whatever we believe, whatever it is, right. Not just decorating, but religion, politics, whatever. And that's kind of ingrained, right? So it it comes back to that awareness piece. Very much. So I'll tell you a quick, short story to illustrate that for your listeners. So I grew up in Panama. My dad we had an alarm system in the home and my dad would go every night checking all the doors, all the windows. The alarm would not um, turn on if a window was not closed properly, if the alarm uh, sensors were not touching. Yeah. So this was his routine every year (laughs) growing up. I get married. My husband grew up here in Calgary, in Canada. Doors were open all the time. It was like, (laughs) Why are you even locking the doors? So here we get married and I have this expectation that this is what my dad did. Right. This is the norm. My husband should be checking the windows all the time and the doors before we go to sleep. Meanwhile, he never grew up with that. So for me to assume and even label him like, oh, you don't even care about our security, our safety. It would be completely wrong for me because I am taking for granted something that I grew up with and right. not him. So definitely, the, I mean, we could talk about, you know, these uh, for a long time, but now transfer that into, you know, decoration, right? right? You know, maybe the husband grew up in a home where where the mother, the, his mother took care of all the colors and everything around the home. And she grew up in a home where dad was very much, you know, a DIYer, he did everything. So for her to assume, oh, my husband doesn't care because he doesn't even get involved. And for him to say, wow, she doesn't even care about our home. She, they're each waiting for the, for each other to right. do something based on their upbringing. So definitely this merging of ideas and upbringing has a lot to do in our homes as well, not, yeah. not just in the way we manage the home. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Um, okay, let's go back to this idea that, gosh, I have kids, so mm-hmm. I can't, I probably should just not even think about decorating because we all know kids are messy or kids don't take care of stuff or what, whatever, whatever that fill in the blank. What would you, what would you say to that person who says, I'm just not going to, I don't know, I don't want to do it yet, or it doesn't matter yet because of the kids. What would you say in any helpful tips to guide them past that? I think I would go to three things. I first would go to the space of um, the self-awareness, then the habits that we're creating in the kids, and then the solutions. So in order, the self-awareness would be more like, you know, are are the spaces even not just the, the family common 
somebody closed the door, so I'm going to say that again. Um, so are the spaces that you share as a family supporting that home life that you have envisioned? Are the spaces that your kids use, are they supporting their, their, in their micro world? Are they providing that, that environment that it's imp inspiring for them? So I would go to that first. Just, just think about the, the, the commonality as a family and then as the kid or kids as, as, the, as the individual. And then I would go, okay, once you've understood is this helping us or not, then I would go, okay, now let's think about the habits that we are creating in our own kids. I mean, you're a perfect example. You grew up in an environment that you wanted to change and you are now creating the environment that you wish you had for your own children. So your children hopefully then will value that and will understand, okay, my mom did this for us and this helped us. So therefore I'm going to continue with this, you know, tradition or, or mindset of keeping things organized or not cluttering. So the, the habits that we provide for our kids will carry on if they don't, if, if they're the positive ones, if they're negative ones, then they will have to change it. But just I will tell that, that those parents, think about what habits you're creating in your kids, right. and what mindset. And then let's go to solutions. Because I always say, you know, let's fix the problems first and then make it pretty. Right. People want to make things pretty first and hope that that prettiness fixes the problems. Yeah. It's, it's completely the opposite. Okay, now let's make it pretty. You've understood, you know, what's causing problems. You've understood the frustration in their micro world or the common spaces for the family. You understand what habits you want to create in them. Okay, how can we now bring it into reality? So some tips I would say uh, nowadays, the era that we live, there's so many high performance fabrics that that will help uh if like this this is the one i hear a lot i love white couch couches yes. <laughs> but i can't have them because i have little children yes. well if you did if you do like those white couches mind you high performance fabrics are expensive let's just face that but we got to put in the balance what matters most right now is it my budget or is it my want, let's not call it a need, my yeah. want to have that white couch. And then it's just a simple math. It's like my, I have a coach who would used to say, do the math, not the drama. So yeah. here we have something that I really want and here's my budget. So let's do the math. Can I save towards it or should I buy something because my priority is sticking with my budget. So it's, it's a math. So if your budget or your want to have it so bad that you're willing to save then that's a solution high performance fabrics now we have washable rugs yeah. and they are not very expensive and i think they're awesome i have clients that have purchased them because they have dogs or little children and they are in love actually i told my husband that's my next purchase for our Yay. entrance i need a washable rug that is a very easy solution that is not expensive and they're coming up with different colors and different patterns that I think will appeal to anyone. And then I would say, make sure you buy double duty furniture, because I think that the, the issue with having kids and keeping a home that looks beautiful to us is not just the white couch, right. it's the toys. 
it's the bags, the clothes that, you know, I'm sorry for all of you young moms listening. It doesn't change when kids become teenagers. <laughs> it doesn't change. It just, it keeps going on. Um, so and they get bigger at whatever. Just get bigger, yeah. yes. Now, instead of stepping on Legos, you're stepping on computer charges, <laughs> chargers. So um, we need to provide solutions for that yelling at them, getting mad, getting frustrated, telling them you're not allowed to play in the living room or you can't come to this area. Those are not the best solutions. <laughs> Let's right. just say it that way. I believe in a home that it's, it's livable. Yes. Not just lovable, but livable in a yeah. home where you, you feel that, you know what? I can sit here. My kids can be here and yeah. not just like, don't come here your area somewhere else right right <laughs> yeah so yeah. live your home but provide solutions there are ottomans with storage where kids can just put things inside okay yeah. you can play here just make sure you put everything away um choose furniture that have for example open shelves and then have baskets for them to put all their things your entrance their the pretty console tables are beautiful but if they're not serving you because your kids leave shoes at the entrance especially if you live in canada shoes stay and at the entrance yeah. and and even in other countries after COVID, people you know take their shoes off when they enter so now we're dealing with all these shoes okay let's provide adequate solutions instead of getting mad getting mad is not going to last right so exactly. provide you know baskets uh if, if you're not a person that likes keeping open shelves uh, because they look messy and disorganized. Don't choose open shelving cabinets, right. you know, just choose the ones with doors and don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think that these are very practical solutions for moms who feel like, oh, I have children. I can't have a beautiful home. We can. Right. right. We can. And I want to add one more thing to that because this is getting into the parenting realm, but having appropriate boundaries too. So if I have that white couch, which I did, um, when my teeny tinies were teeny tiny okay, and it stayed white, but I didn't let them snack on that couch. We snacked at the table or we snacked at the kitchen counter or we snacked, we had picnics, you know, we a, a, yeah. and it wasn't ever a frustration. A I'm mad at you for doing it. I just, Hey guys, we're going to eat our snack here. Beautiful. And, and boundaries are just the right way to go for everything, even for our own personal right. emotional health. It's right. not being selfish. Right. It's it's just being smart about, you know, what we let to happen in Into our spaces. Our faith and it influence us. And including us. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Friends, I'll see you back here tomorrow for part two.